Hello, everybody. Hey, this is John Fan Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. Hope you'll visit our website, sign up for my weekly thoughts and my monthly e-newsletter. It's in the weekly thoughts and in the monthly newsletter that I share things the Lord shared with me. It's where we uh, talk of our conferences, our web meetings, and things of that nature. So I hope you'll join it, join us there. And also, there are plenty of videos about house church. Uh, articles that have been archived, et cetera, et cetera, all kinds of information. We are a worldwide house church network. Hope you'll join us, cwowi.org. Uh, today, talking about why the Lord loves your brokenness. Now, this involves the difference between Greek thought and Oriental thought. And let me share a little of that, and then I even have something to, to show you uh, to make my point. Greek thought, for us, as it pertains to something broken, uh, is to throw it away. Very rarely do we repair it, unless it's something high value, like a vehicle or a house or something of that nature. Um, <clears throat> but but say a piece of furniture or say a piece of pottery. Let's say, let's say you break a, a dish from the kitchen or something of that nature. We throw it away. We say it's no longer any use to us. And that philosophy is actually not only if I could take it beyond the practical and just say as a philosophy of throwing things away that are broken, that is a Greek thought. It comes from Greek thinking that once a piece is broken, it is of no value. The only way something is of value if, is if it is untouched, unblemished, unworn. Um, and so as a result of that, we think in terms of uh, we think in terms of repairing things, uh, any dent, any scratch, anything of that nature on any, say, furniture or, or, or let's say pottery or something like that, a chip comes out of it. Um, uh, you know, we don't necessarily just think I'm going to, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to repair it. Uh, we want to get rid of the chip. We want to get rid of the, the broken piece. We want to, to, if, if the varnish is worn, we want to re-varnish it. That's a, that, that is, is well and good and everything as it pertains to furniture and pottery and everything. But as a philosophy, I want you to get the concept of throwing things away, of, of devaluing something which has wear and tear on it. That's Greek philosophy. Oriental philosophy, which the Bible is oriental. And maybe I should make the case for that because a lot of people don't realize the Bible is an Oriental book. We call it the Middle East, but we, we in our mind, we don't make the connection between, say, China and Japan, which is Far East, and we look at the Middle East, but we don't make the connection that they're all Oriental. Uh, examples that I use most commonly are the fact that there is bowing, Old Testament, New Testament, when one greets one somebody, they bow, which is, uh, we think of Japan, we think of China, etc., um, another one, and, and probably the biggest for Christians, is the way God described uh, to Moses the way he wanted the Ark of the Covenant carried. That is where his manifest presence was with the golden cherubim and then his presence in between. And the Ark of the Covenant had rings on the side of it through which poles slid. And then those poles were lifted up on the shoulders of the priests. And as Israel wandered through the wilderness, uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the presence of God was carried on the, on poles on the priest's shoulders. Well, if you've seen Chinese engravings or anything from the, from the Orient, you know that that is why, that is the way, uh, all over Asia and, and Far East, uh, the emperors, the people of importance are carried. They've got a chair on a platform and then the servants on a pole on their shoulders carry them. So that shows the way God told Moses he was to be carried around in the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, that demonstrates the the Oriental basis. Uh, again, that's just a couple of, of very quick uh, examples. But Oriental thought 
as it pertains to an object is different. Uh, oriental thought, and this is where we we have to we have to understand this. Oriental thought values the wear and tear or the brokenness of an object uh, as part of its history, as part of its overall value. In fact, it is the belief that something can be put back together and made more beautiful than it was before it was broken. That uh, this this leads to <clears throat> what you see in the Bible about the, ori the the respect for elders, the respect for age and wisdom, uh, because that person who's lived so long has lots of battle scars. They've got lots of life experience. They've got lots of failure under them. They've got they've come through things. They've overcome things. And that, and the value, therefore, of that older person who has that track record, that history, is of high esteem, highest esteem in a family, in a community, in a nation. And so the Oriental philosophy of, of valuing that life experience, valuing that brokenness, valuing that, um, uh, that the wear and the tear, uh, is, is, carries over. And so what happens is the disconnect is this. In it, let me give you an example. In Japan, there's a there's a philosophy uh, and a, an art called kintsugi, and kintsugi literally means golden joinery or to uh, uh, to patch with gold. And it is the idea that when a, a I'm going to use a cup, a mug, a coffee mug as an example, and when a coffee mug, let's say it, it breaks, uh, what what is done in Japan is is to use gold dust and sometimes silver, but gold dust is the the core. And that gold dust is used in the glue to put the the mug back together so that the mug becomes much more beautiful for its brokenness and for its design as it's been put back together. Now, this is a, a reasonable facsimile of Kintsugi. It's design. It's not actually been broken and put back together. Uh, real ones are extremely, <laughs> are very expensive because of the time involved. But I wanted you to show an example, and I have this on my shelf because it reminds me uh, scripturally that the Lord values all our faults and all our foibles and all our scars and all our life experience because Jesus is an oriental king. He's an absolute oriental king. And so in Greek thought, we we want to go to seminars to help us forget our past. We want to have demons cast out. We want to renounce our, our forefathers, our, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, whatever sin they had in their life that may come down to bother me. We want to ignore the fact that Christ lives in me. The most powerful being in the universe lives in me and therefore obliterates our past. And, and we, but then we, we come in, so in the Greek, we want to do away with that. We want to forget all of it. We want to, to just say, oh, that's me. I, I don't want to, I don't want to do all that. I don't remember that. I don't want to bring it up. And yet we're, we're in conflict, on conflict with scripture. Versus Paul brings up in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. He says, don't be deceived. And then he goes into a list of sins, sexual sins, adultery, uh, uh, thieves, uh, lusting, drunkards, uh, rioters, extortioners, all sorts of stuff. And he says, and such were some of you, but now are you washed, now are you sanctified, now are you justified uh, in Christ Jesus. Notice Paul included their past with their present, because in Oriental thought, in biblical thought, the past and the present come together to make you a beautiful person. It makes you of more value. It makes you an object which can be admired because the Lord, out of his gold, so to speak, the blood of Jesus has, has put you back together. And so you're of more value, of great value, because of your wear and tear, because of your failures, because of your brokenness that the Lord has put back together. Uh, Paul made scripture that some people have a hard time understanding, and it's because it's Greek thought rather than they're not approaching it with, with Paul's 
you know, oriental thought. In First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who's enabled me, and he counted me worthy to pick, put me into uh, the service of others. I was before time a blasphemer. I persecuted. I was injurious to people. Uh, but I obtained mercy because I was in ignorance and unbelief. And, and the grace of the Lord was exceeded, exceedingly abundantly uh, in, manifest through the love which is in Christ Jesus. And he said, this is a faithful saying worthy of all accepting that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now, how could Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, talk about I am chief? He's talking about his past, a, a blasphemer, a person who persecuted the church and everything else. He says, and now I am chief. But he says, I'm also in the ministry. This only conflicts in Greek thought. There's only a conflict if we look at it from the Greek thought, which is unfortunately most of Western thought. That is, if you were this, then why would you bring it up? Don't you want to forgive it, forget it? Don't you want to shove it into the past? Have you ever wondered why God keeps the memory of what we did in the past in us? He will remove the pain, but he'll keep the memory. Why does he do that? Why would Paul say, I am the chief uh, among sinners? Why to the Corinthians would he bring up their past, but also bring up their present? It's because of that oriental philosophy that is uh, that it, that says that you are a more valuable person uh, for your faults, for your brokenness, for what God has put together, than if you'd never been touched by the world to begin with. That the Lord's grace is demonstrated that much more completely, that much more fully in you because he has put you together. Um, you know, I have a series, in fact, my series this, this month is called uh, Reclaimed, and it's about this very subject. It's so much on my heart because I see all over the body of the Christ, a body of Christ, people need this to understand that that instead of uh, getting rid of the past, uh, you do what Paul said to the Philippians. He said, I, I do forget the past, and I press toward the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. But he does so in a way that he acknowledges, he freely acknowledges his past. He mentions it in 1 Corinthians 15, as one born out of due time. He mentions it to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He, he, he mentions all these things. He's not hesitant to bring up his past because he has embraced the fact that it is in that past and at that point of that past and all that sinfulness and all that brokenness and all that that wrong that the Lord found him and showed his grace upon him. And so the the Japanese art of kintsugi of of mending with gold uh fits very well with the, what was first a scriptural and is an oriental thought that is so different from our thought that we are more valuable, we are beautiful because the Lord has put us together so that the grace goes to him. My encouragement for you today is really this that if you're struggling with your past Look at it from the standpoint of the Lord showed you grace in that past. Like Peter said, I think it's First Peter 4, about verse 8 or 10. He says, as you've received the gift, so give the gift, because then you demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God, the manifold grace of God, the, the multifaceted grace of God in First Peter 4, 8 through 10 there. So as you receive the grace, give the grace, and you're demonstrating God's grace in your life. So in, if you have brokenness, you can say, oh yeah, that break, that broken part right there, that was uh, from 1983, and here's a broken part. Oh yeah, I remember when this happened, I did this. And, and you look at all these things and you learn to cherish it. You know, sitting right next to me, I've got my great-grandmother's rocking chair. I have a picture of my great-grandmother when she was about 90 years old sitting in that rocking chair when I was a little boy. From uh, you know, I was born in 58. I think that the uh, the photograph is from 1964 when my great-grandmother was already in her 90s, in her early 90s. I inherited that rocking chair. That rocking chair has the wear on the hands, on the armrests, 
from my great grandmother. I don't want that thing finished again. I, I want it exactly worn down, battle scarred, exactly because it brings up the memory of my great grandmother that I love very much that I'm sure is in, in heaven. And I look forward to getting to know her, not as a 90 year old and a six year old boy, but as two adults in heaven. But I, the fact that I've got her rocking chair from 1964, when she was 90 years old, and it's got that wear and tear on it, it makes it more valuable to me. And it's valuable just to me because I inherited it. And that's how we are in Christ. We have received an inheritance to Jesus. What you have been through is it's a personal thing and what he has paid for and what he's provided for you. It's a personal thing. So he values you warts and all battle scars and all brokenness and all. So you have to change your thinking from the Greek thought that says, Oh, I am broken. I'm no good. I am unworthy. Throw me away. You don't know what I've done. And you have to change it to thinking like God's thoughts, the oriental thought that says you uh, your your life experience contributes to you as a whole, contributes to your value as a whole. And when you do that, when you realize, wow, it was in there that I found God's grace and I'm still finding God's grace, then you can freely admit without the pain attached, but just the memory of what you were and how the Lord has worked his grace in you. I think it was in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, Paul says the grace was shown to him. And he said, I did not fail the grace of God. And see, when we, when we want to hide our past where we say, I'm no good, I'm not worthy, I don't, I don't feel like I'm saved, maybe God's not with me because that we're, we're taking that Greek thought and we're failing the grace of God. We need to embrace what we have been, let him minister to us so the pain is gone, but the memory remains, and then say, yes, uh, I am as a whole, I am battle scarred, I am, I am worn, I am, I am weary, I have, have had experiences, I have had failures, and the Lord has put me together with his gold dust and made me into a whole person again. And that is the proper way to think. That is God's way of thinking of us. And in that way, then, we can remember, we can freely acknowledge our past, but we can leave it in the past and we can press toward the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. So, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Hope you'll visit us, uh, cwowi.org. And if you do want that uh, that series, uh, CD or MP3 Reclaimed, you're welcome to do it. I wasn't bringing it up for anything other than if you want to go into more detail of this teaching, it's available to you. So, But for right now, I hope you'll visit our website, cwowi.org. We are a worldwide house church network. And that means that, that uh, we value the relationships and value the informality of just meeting together, everybody sharing, taking turns hosting and leading each week. It's a blessing. You'll find out more there. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Okay.